Carrying huge space. Look how fast he's going. Polar opposite to the conditions he won in Lords. Rain so close. They're getting the last step down. The crowd is roaring. He is going to do it. He's going to smash the time. Downhill racer and our expert here today, Andrew Needling. Shout out to Scott Sports, a longtime partner of mine and supporter of the podcast for making this episode possible. Obviously, as a sponsored athlete, I only have good things to say about the product. But if there's one product I'm really digging right now, it is the Grenade Evo Zip Knee Pad. Now, Scott has always had a good reputation for knee pads. Even when I was back racing, there were guys secretly using these pads, even though they're sponsored by other brands. But these have been special to me. Tons of protection, easy on and off, ideal for those big days on the bike. How's it going? Welcome back. This is Moving the Needle Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Nietling. Thanks so much for downloading. I'm really excited about this next episode. We've done a lot of racing reviews, a lot of racing content, but obviously one of the favorite things I like to do is have a guest on, catch up with a guest. Now, it's a dear friend of mine, and uh, I had quite a long stint on the World Cup circuit, but this isn't about me. This is about one of the legends of the sport. He was able to achieve 100 World Cup starts. Now, it depends who you ask. I'm looking at about 18 full World Cup seasons as elite. He thinks it's maybe 17, but then he's saying it was 19 if you count juniors. He has a World Champs medal to his name. He's the most likable character, I would say, on the circuit, coming from Reunion Island. I don't think I can do justice to um, how much impact you've actually had on the race scene. Uh, Flo Payette, welcome to the show, and congrats on just an incredible World Cup and mountain bike career, which isn't over, but you have called it on World Cup racing. How are we doing? Yeah, hello, Andrew. Uh, thanks to you for all these nice words. That's <laughs> cool to hear. <laughs> Yeah, I'm fine. All good, man. All no, good. you des you deserve it all. Um, man, would you have ever thought it would be this long of a career? Oh uh, no, definitely not. No, I just realized it right now. Actually, like because it's the last year, I just realized all all what I did before, like playing like a kid and just going to the highest level of the sport. It was just amazing. Do you think that's almost the secret is you didn't really reflect back and you didn't maybe make it too serious. You were just living this childhood dream and then uh, it's gone on to maybe places you never thought were possible. Yeah, I reckon it's more like everybody, it's it's not like the secret, like everybody, every person has their own secret and they need to find it to go where they want to go. And uh, yeah, the secret for me was just to enjoying every every race in every condition, if I can say, like with the balance between your personal life and your normal life, if I can say downhilling. And uh, yeah, find the right balance to, to keep going, perform, even if not easy in one side or in another one. And uh, yeah, that's quite interesting. Yeah, having fun, but... I mean, life can be hard and downhilling can be even harder or the vice vice versa, really. And they're quite sometimes a big, big conflict. Um, and yeah, uh, your sure. laid back island lifestyle can help in downhill, but sometimes you've got to be aggressive. Like you've got to 
you got to um, have this sort of manly persona of, like, I'm going to beat my competitors. You know, you don't want to be psyched out because you're so chilled. You know, mm. there's a little bit of mind games there. What What was that balance like? Maybe first when uh, you came on. Yeah, I mean, it's probably more into my, uh, how I am in the life. So I just, I just try like, I'm not cruising, but I just ride quite safe and trying to, to, yeah. Just, just. I think if I have fun, I ride. I ride good, and that's how I learn to ride bike. You know, so just playing. So I never quit that mine. I reckon. And um, born and raised from Reunion Island, correct? You haven't. Yeah. That's where you yeah. were born, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A tiny yeah, yeah. little island off the coast of Africa. Exactly. Uh, of course, of Madagascar, exactly. Like in the right side of Madagascar. Yeah. But yeah it's near Africa, yeah. South Africa, pretty much. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim some of that, even though um, <laughs> it's a French colony, correct? Yeah, exactly. It's like a French territory proper, properly. It's like a French department. It's really part of France. It's not like a territory. It's like a part of France, but it's, oh, it's strange. <laughs> is, your pa- is your passport... Reunion or France? No, passports, France, all is France. It's all France. Even there, it's France. But just the culture and everything is so far. And it's, uh, so it's for sure really different. And I was going to say, you're a little bit well. more laid back than, than a little bit more laid <laughs> yeah. back than a typical Frenchman. Yeah, but I mean, for, for sure, living put- in the island, I lived there for 19 years. So it's just like, a long time I grew up there, so it's just all different. We are close to your whole family. Everybody live in the same place, so easy, easy life. <laughs> so I went to Reunion Island. I was lucky enough to do the uh, Mega Avalanche, the master. Yeah, I remember that version of those Mega Avalanche. It was one of my what favorite trips of all time. Uh, such a good question. EC and myself went down there with our mechanic Kanipa either 06 or 07 in the off season. We called it the Mongoose snorkeling professional trip because when we yeah. weren't riding, we were just exploring the coast and these awesome snorkeling Sick. areas. But then yeah, only yeah. afterwards, like on this last day when I went to the surf spot, did everyone say how, um, how much activity of the sharks there were? Oh, yeah. And I mean, uh, we were driving the island and just go, oh, that cove looks pretty cool. We'll just jump no in there way. and snorkel a bit. Oh, and... shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, <laughs> yeah. Was a bad, that was a pretty bad period for sharks as well, like in 07, 06, just starting to grow up, like a lot of attacks. But is it better now or is it just people <laughs> yeah, are like aware of it? No, it's getting way better. Like people surfing again and... Uh, they are allowed to to chase, to hunt, and to to fish, if I can say uh, the the sharks. So it's not coming too close to the coast anymore. That can happen. I mean, there's sharks in this area. I mean, <laughs> but uh, normally now yeah, it's getting safer. Yeah, I mean, there's safer. sharks at home yeah. in South Africa yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. So it's getting safer and better. How does a a, a man that is born on quite a you know, it's pretty reasonably small island if you compare it to some other islands. And maybe, especially back in the day, way back then, when you, how do you start mountain biking? How, how does that even, how is that a thing? Yeah, 
uh, as you know, the island is pretty, it's pretty high mountain as well, you know. So I'm living at 400, 400 meters altitude. Um, and um, I'm closer to the mountain than the sea, even if I love the sea and I was dreaming about being like a pro surfer when I was a kid. But I was just riding my bikes because it was easier, you know. And so I just spent a lot of time in the trails, in the, yeah, just playing. Even trial, that's what, what I was doing a lot, like just playing with my trial bike around the house and yeah, grew up like that. <laughs> yeah, but is it family Finally. or friends? Is there like um, a cycling club? Like where does the first bike come from? Um, yeah, I think my, my dad was riding bikes since ages anyway. It's just, it's just from the same place where I was living. He was living there as well. So there's like many trails everywhere and uh, it's a famous place for trial moto as well. So we start trial like about 25 years old and uh, and I see him riding trials bike. So it's just like normal to have like a trial bike and then go to the first BMX club to jump a little bit and stuff like that. So we're just going like, like I was doing a lot of different sports when I was young, like not only BMX or I was doing like a little bit of gym, a little bit of uh, karate, a little bit of everything. But I was like doing more bikes. And then after 10 years old, I was just doing bikes. And at what point did you think you need to get overseas or that downhill mountain biking would be your sport? Maybe not as a career, uh, but maybe yeah. go to Worlds as a junior. Like when did you, do you, can you remember that? Because I can remember my first Worlds in, Sierra yeah, Nevada, sure. Spain. <laughs> Especially my first world was in Leger, and this year it's going to be a, a second, the second world I'm going to leave, even if I was not, I will not be in the team, but I will be there, you know, like 20 years later. So it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so yeah, in 2004, when I came, like with my first uh, selection, Rainian Island selection, because to, for the story, at the beginning, I, I was not doing downhill at all. I was doing trial a lot and a, BM, a little bit of BMX, but I was I was bad in BMX. I was always finished eight at the final. So I was like, it was cool, but I was not really fighting, you know. I was really tiny, <laughs> not as tall as now, and I, I was not fighting at all. So I just like cruising in the back. <laughs> And uh, and trial, I was I was like I was alone. I was fighting to 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 be to be good, and I wa I want to be good in trial. But there's nothing in trial in Reunion to go for the French championship. Uh, like there's no organization. The club is just local. So I just turned to downhill first race, second race, one championship, and then first selection to go to. To the French champ at the beginning, it's a selection like island selection to go to the French champ, and there I finish second in elite and first junior. So then I get qualified for European, and I won the juniors in European, and then I get qualified for world. So is after, this your first international, first international event? Uh, I I race in two thousand three. Um, in Alpe d'Huez, a World Cup, and uh, but I I crash uh, later in, later and I get injured and I did not race in international race. So my first national race is, was in two thousand four. 
Wow, and you did that well from reunion. I mean, you wouldn't have even known yeah. how fast the, the, the juniors <laughs> are or Absolutely the elites. No you know? you haven't even left, was, left the island. Yeah, in 2001, I did like um, a team camp with a French team, but it wasn't a race. So I know a little bit the juniors, like it was uh, Cousinier, Pierre Chargeorge, uh, Cyril Kurtz, that was a junior with me. So I know them because Cyril was riding with Honda with uh, Greg. So uh, for sure I know him, you know, in 2004. So I was a little bit knowing the French junior, but absolutely not even any junior in other part of the world, you know. I did not even heard about Brandon Fairclough or, or Carl Strait or those guys. I don't know them at all. <laughs> and I, I'm proud to know them now, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. And um, and then that's everything happened, and I finished second at World Worlds in Leger behind Roma Saladini. And uh, and yeah, and that's how everything began. And I guess when you when you won almost everything in junior two, and nobody knows you, but everybody knows you after that, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and the, and uh, almost like the rest is history. So you sort of just jumped into. The yeah, sport there, I mean, it. definitely, definitely when if someone can perform yeah. at junior worlds, you can definitely get yeah. noticed. I mean, that that's not easy to do. That that is for sure. Yeah. But I guess junior worlds is like that a little bit. You're a bit naive. You don't really know if you're fast or not. And you're so excited. I remember going to worlds. I didn't know who these riders are. You know. Yeah, but at the last race of the season, when you see that you win every French Cup you finish like top 10 or top five elite and then you finish second at the French elite champ. You start to understand that you can probably win that jersey in junior. And, but it was like, it was too much. I mean, I won too much this year, so I have to lose one race and it was, it was worlds and I just get second. So it's not too bad. eh? (laughs) Okay. okay, Fair enough. You were doing some French nationals and, and, and and showing your speed that way. That's that's so awesome, and then yeah. I mean, like we say, now we're gonna go down memory lane. Um, no, that's that's way back in the day, and then you went full season since two thousand and five, all the way to twenty twenty two as an elite World Cup mountain biker. I mean, when on earth did you think, okay, I can make a career of this? Like after getting second as a junior, I guess you would think shit. Surely, you know, this is what I meant to do. Yeah. No, not really, because I know I know I was like it was clear in my head that the elite level was definitely something different anyway. And uh and the gap in between is gonna be hard. But I know as well that I have the skills and I was if I can say crazy enough when I went when I was young to to be able to one time on races where I am the best on the track, you know, and uh, and uh, try to work a lot on the on the part where I was the worst, and uh, and copy maximum what I see as well because the riders around us is amazing as well and they all have different skills, and I was a guy able to to watch a guy and copy exactly the same you can do and probably most of most of us can do that but i just use it maybe at the good way and that helped me to keep going during the years as well 
to not be close-minded and just open, riding with the young guys, be friend with everybody, and uh, take care about the young friendships as well because I was always in the in a role to learn with uh, Manu Bear, the French French team. So you know, just a good atmosphere, the good energy you will bring you in the in the way you need to go. <laughs> I never think about anything to be yeah. like this or like this or like this. I just go to it, you know. <laughs> and um, now that you've had time to reflect on this career and um, calling it a day, sort of midway through a season, which we obviously will get to getting to the 100 plate and calling it out, making it uh, public that you want to get to 100. And there weren't there were enough races to do it to give you a chance, but anything can happen in downhill. But... Maybe before we get to such a cool milestone and the way you did it, have you now had a chance to sit back and maybe think about your most memorable race? Doesn't maybe maybe it's not the best result, but were you happy with your performance or you came back from something or there was a good after party? I don't know. Like it's probably <laughs> impossible to say the one race yeah, or the most memorable. Maybe we should go down some memories. Yeah, there's, there's of course too much after party, too much good after party. So that's not a, a thing that's going to definite the best race I ever done. <laughs> but. Uh, what, the one with the biggest after party? Yeah, <laughs> because there's too much good after party. So it's, so that doesn't work. <laughs> now, if I need to pick up. Well, how was Mount Mount St. Anne this year? Uh, it was good. It's never, it's never disappointed, but uh, I, I ever seen better. <laughs> it's getting slow, <laughs> well, slowly let's after. Let's You're retired now. You, you, <laughs> you don't even have to um, protect the sponsor. You're, you're oh, retired I, from I have, World I, Cup I, Racing. I, I have a good after party. You're going to give us I all mean, the stories now. <laughs> There's too much stories. No, it was good. We did not sleep, so we spent a good night anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess that's the island style. You guys aren't scared yeah. of the work hard, play hard, have a good time, huh? Yeah, yeah, that, that's how that's how we do. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, also be getting serious when you need to be serious anyway, you know? and uh, listen to your body, recovery well, and yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, the best race, the the best memories. It has to be the World Championship in Valdisol because this track is a really special memories for me because the first time I've been there in 2005 for the European, um, I get injured in my back pretty bad and I was laying down for three months and work hard for coming back for the season anyway. And like 10 years later, 30 years old, Pretty much, it was supposed to be the last year of my career, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and uh, I did my best season, like even World Cup finished, like I don't remember, but like 12, like overall. And yeah, many, many good, good results. And uh, third for world, so it's like a medal. This is like a memory. You bring back home, bring back it to the island, bring back it in your bag, leave it in your, in your future house. And and yes, it's just yeah. When Aaron broke his wheel, it's just it's just bad for him. But I was like, oh, 
I was still on the hot seat and it was the last man down. I was like, fuck, this is insane. So yeah, I can I can remember that forever for sure. Yeah, I mean, why why wouldn't you? That's probably when you finally had a bike that fit you as well. You know, maybe that's finally when you can show your potential because you're like the tallest rider on the circuit riding these little. You look like you're on a BMX. On I was looking at some of the footage of the old old days, but let's take you take us back to you know this this result because getting a medal at Worlds is one of the most difficult things to do. Um, Aaron Gwynn hasn't got the best track record at Worlds and, and he is one of the greatest riders of all time. So to perform at Worlds is something special, especially on that track. Did you have the feeling going into it? Um, was it in the back yeah. of your mind if you had a good run? Like, I think it's a, it's a good mix altogether. You know? um, I have a good relationship with my mechanic. Like, it was like close friend and we did an awesome season already. And uh, to me, it was my last season. But uh, I will may race the next season after that. But uh, just chill. It was it was supposed to be finished because I was thirty years old. I have a kid at this time, and it was like time to to think about it, if I can say. So it was the beginning of thinking about st- stop racing. And then, yeah, Alan, my mechanic, just was like kind of psychologist for me this weekend and just helping a lot and we cut through the social after time run when I get third or fourth and I did like kind of a shit run and I was like okay something is possible I just need to get like the cleanest run and go a bit crazy some bit and it's gonna be it's gonna be good I'm gonna be in the top five for sure so if you are in top five you can be in top three as well so it's, it's gonna be close so I just cut with all the social network and just focus with Alan, having some good times and just like, yeah, be like a, a team together, if I can say, because we was like in a small in a small team at this time, riding with Centro, so small spaces. So we need to deal with that and we just focus on, I don't know, it's something more important, like our human relation was like more important than everything around us. And we just go for what we were there and it works awesome all the weekend yeah that's actually almost a huge lesson to to maybe even yourself and when you're on a factory team and and uh, there's a lot of inputs now with the sport growing with social media and sometimes tough to block out the external inputs like you said you switched off social media and you just have a small team and you know, don't yeah. really let too many people in. Oh, Flo, you're looking so good on the track. You can do good. You that's can do so well. Hard, like, eh? That's just really, <laughs> yeah. it's very hard because you don't focus on what you have to do. And that's have a good time, but just get, get down the hill how you want to get down the hill. Yeah, but also your energy is going away to all, even if it's also positive energy, but you lose your own energy to, to see, to reply, and it puts some pressure on yourself or nothing. So it's hard to do to to manage, and the social network may make it even bigger. But I guess as well, the new generation is used to it, and they grow up with that, so they're gonna be like okay with that. But maybe <laughs> I'm getting older as well, so it's different. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. They are so used to it. I mean, they they grew up with it from exactly. they can't remember a day without yeah. it. Yeah, and they make it they make it less uh, I, I can say that 
that that doesn't take them energy to do because they do it quickly it's easy it's normal it's fine and to me i need to think too much you know like uh, which picture take the right thing a social network is something like really special and yeah during the races i tried to to cut a little bit with that even if you need to do the job but um, yeah i try to to focus on my writing and and more into enjoying it and it showed me as well this year because i have like trouble with my vision and any anyway that if i have fun on my bike i will ride fast faster if i can say that's um an an easy thing to say i think then to do but if i could pause that so you're on the hot seat you're having a good time with your mechanic clearly things are flowing i mean that's almost one of yeah. the easiest races to deal with right when things are going well they're clicking you qualify good but you were like that was kind of not my best run and you know this positive energy and you get down this hill at world champs maybe people didn't expect you to be on the podium less oh, pressure well yeah. and uh what what's it like the medal ceremony you know that you know that's you've worked so hard your entire career comes to this point where you can stand on on a UCI world champs podium um, where they hand out, you know, there's only three on a world champs podium versus world cups is five. It's almost more special. Um, yeah, with three it must've been pretty emotional getting that medal <laughs> and being in the French Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, to be honest, I don't, I don't have the, it was so much emotion before like it, who is like print into me, like the emotion when, when I know just, just a moment when the sad moment when Aaron broke his wheel and I was like, I know that I will be like bronze medal. That moment was so intense that, that the emotion just print on me for like this first 15 minutes, maybe. And then I don't, I don't really remember the rest. I know because I see the pictures. And everything but it's just it's just pretty weird because the, the emotion before was so strong that i just i just have this that's it that's 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 the, that's the thing i have and then i have pictures i don't really remember this the, the ceremony thing and stuff not really i can i can i can remember but i can't feel it <laughs> you know what i mean wow, the feeling, it's the like feeling, you blacked yeah. out after all the emotion yeah, most of the, the feeling was just like so huge. So I print that and then the ceremony, I can see the image in my head, but I don't feel anything. It was just, I don't know, it was just too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. At least you've got the pictures and the medal at home. Yeah, yeah, to, exactly. Uh, to have like... But, uh, no I'm wondering will what will the be the feeling to be, to be world champ or to win a race. It will be awesome crazy probably the same of thing i mean Could because yeah. i was not really expecting that and it's just to me it's just the same as a jersey this year you know it's not the same but it was like yeah yeah but i mean that was your that was your world champs is getting a medal so i i'd argue that the feeling is just as as amazing and yeah maybe once and you get was third junior, and your next goal is to win you know yeah exactly but when I was junior, I did not realize it like that. And it was also not the elite championship. 
but I still I still have this the 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 moment of the ceremony is more a memories for junior worlds than for elite worlds. Elite worlds was just like a a boom, like an impact, like like Aaron broke his wheel and just like boom, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's such a crazy feeling. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you, I mean, you keep coming back to having fun, and we all know that that's is obviously one of the best ways to perform but can you explain what that looks like to you or how you make sure you are doing that Um, because it's it's easy every race is i'm just gonna have fun and i'll perform but like what does that process look like or how does a how does the reunion boy do that yeah exactly it's a bit personal for sure um i like just to i realize a lot of things this year because i I know that's the last races, so I just realized that I need to to do some some light some line I want to do, and some even if it's tricky, even if it's dangerous, I need to do what I know that I am about to do to get confidence, and then I rise better, and I, I have more fun as well because I I do what I love to do, even if it's not the line or you don't need to jump that. But the first day, it's really important because anyways, the fastest line is going to be probably easier to ride. So, so I need to, yeah, I need to use my skills on the track and then having fun and then set my lines and then, and then having fun to race. That's how, that's how I process for the racing. You think, you think if you had this attitude, if you were able to have this attitude for more of your seasons, it would have been more fun or you do better. Like it seems, I mean, you were riding like it could be your last race. And what do you want to do oh, in your last race? Like if you get oh, 12th, sure. that's cool. If you get 8th, that's cool. Or if you get 25th, that's good. But if it's your last race, you want to go out on your terms or you want to go out enjoying it or riding the lines that you think are cool. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely this year, uh, I was not wondering too much about lines. And uh, I like to ride fast as well. And I'm a racer, so I try to find the fastest line and the fastest, the better balance in between the the line I like to ride and my skills and what I'm going to do for racing, you know. And uh, and it's a good mix, I think, and it works good for me. And uh, of course, if I have the experience, what I have right now, when I coming in France for the first time and that probably helped but I think uh, like in my unconscious I was I was riding like that anyway so so I just now be, I'm more conscious about how I, I was riding but it was still like that that's why I was I was doing well for many years maybe yeah no that's a that's a valid point and I think uh, when you get older with more experience and looking at i mean i wrote down every season just so i counted them correctly it probably went by so quick and when you're in it and you're feeling the pressure and you know if you can just slap yourself in the head and say look if this was my last race would i be this stressed would i i would care but i would Mm -hmm. be doing what what you're speaking about and i think it seemed like you obviously had um, the eye issue you're dealing with, which you've made pretty public, which we can definitely dig into. But once you made the goal of getting to a hundred World Cup starts in the finals and realizing it was like your last 
race and accepting your eye issue. It seemed like your riding got even better considering you had to deal with an eye issue and you're not a hundred percent, but like your results started getting even better. Yeah. But that for sure, that was a goal to have a better result because I started the season a bit uh, so, so and missed two quali and that's a lot in the percentage of all career. And so I was after four wheel, I was like, the goal is to do like the sixth last final. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, we. I just, I just want to be. I just want to be like sure that uh, people know that Valisol this year is going to be my last World Cup because I want to enjoy with everybody the last race. That that was a, a pretty much the point that everybody knows. And then I want to put some numbers on it because I want to know where I am in my career after all these years. So nine, 19 years and. French champ, French Cup, anyway. And Patrice, my manager, told me like I have like ninety-seven finals. So I was like, okay, so yeah, I'm not gonna win a race this year. My eyes are struggling, and uh, my next goal is to do hundred finals. Even my vision is 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 not good. And uh, after that, I just stopped thinking about my vision and just ride my bike, and it's getting better and having fun. And I was struggle a lot with all the the full run, like quali and uh, even final. It's just like so-so, except in Andorra. But uh, otherwise, I ride like really good and I'm happy, safe and, and fast. So I don't know. It's good to just turn your mindset to something. And it's just a really good example for everybody or every racer that even if you have trouble or if you have anything bad if your mindset is into something into a goal you can achieve it if you feel it and if you dream it you will you will go for it yeah that's that's inspiring man i i was yeah. just uh, watching on in awe when you sort of made that switch and you're right it has to be mental because it's not physical all the time that plays a part but you had a physical issue with your eyes and you're they're not fixed yet they're not maybe it's improving a bit but like your mental improved first um that's actually fascinating be, and, a, and, a, and an awesome to hear it from you to be honest i i think it's not only the mental because uh, you have something inside you will control your mental to use it in the right or way or to let him use it you in the wrong way if i can say and that's a uh, that's your spirit yeah. into you and that's what you need to more feel what you want and feel what your goal is and that's going to bring you to be use your mental into the thing you need to go you know what i mean uh it works like that to me i don't know I'm, if it's like I, that for I'm everybody <laughs> but no, I, mean, I mean it, this is awesome we we can get yeah. deep here so you have an internal feeling um, of what you want to achieve or a, a gut. Yeah. I mean, I guess in English, we sometimes call it our gut feeling. And then if you process that, you're saying once oh. you process that, then you then you adjusted so then, your mental, which then yeah. adjusted and helped then, your physical. Exactly. Exactly. It's more easy to, to adjust your mental to the way you want with your emotion more than your mental give you some wrong emotion that you can you're going to feel because the mental is just like a machine like a computer you know 
and you need from the inside to control what you want to go in the life, you know. Doesn't mean that you're going to achieve your goal, but you're going to go into that way and that's going to help you to go, to, to, to set your mind to this way. That's, that's what I think. <laughs> it's interesting, eh? I have a I have a similar way of looking at it and it's very tough to communicate that if someone is really feeling down or really having a bad time and these things are going to happen and and I think yeah. it's your choice how you react to things and that's very hard for someone to hear if they are going through a bad time and they say well this has happened to me this is happening to me like your eyes oh well this is happening to me now I can't perform no, I can't qualify. I can't do a full run. Oh, um, you, oh, of, of course you can. But you had I a promise. choice. You, <laughs> you had a choice you there, right? You had a choice to say, well, yeah. that's amazing to hear that. You say, well, I yeah. I lived through, in the biggest scheme of life, like what you went through is, you know, it's it's in your world, it's huge. In someone else's world, it could be a small thing, but you're still proving that you chose to look at it a different way and you chose to look at positives or set some goals and work with the issue you had is, is, is it's powerful stuff, isn't it? And you sort of lived that and maybe it's a cool inspiration to other riders um, yeah, to follow. Hopefully. I, I think so because uh, it's, it's for sure not true that uh, if uh, stuff is wrong around you, for sure it's easier to to perform is everything is fine around you like personal life girlfriend parents family whatever but uh, to be honest uh, life is not like that and nothing is perfect and it's up and down and it's not going to be perfect all your career for 19 years i promise <laughs> and uh, and the, the 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 thing is the life show me and my career show me that you can do your best result in the worst moment of your life as well. So, so why, why? I just, I just don't have a secret. I have nothing to say about that, but I just realized that if you're going for it and if your mindset is into it, and if you dream and feel that something is possible, that's, that's going to help you to go to the right way anyway doesn't matter what's happening around you. Fuck, that's why it's worse, Flo. I think uh, you're going to be able to uh, do anything in life after a career like this. I think sporting careers, if managed correctly afterwards, can be such a huge help. Because like you oh, say, yeah. if you're able to perform in a high-pressure situation like a downhill race, when life is going shit and giving you lemons, then you can probably get get through anything and that's where you see some sportsmen when they're post-career if they adapt with it well enough you kind of can lean on these past experience and because sure well, i did that at that race that's a, that, so, that mean, helps yeah. maybe not not as big yeah that no that that helps a lot like sports is a, just a, a, a great school of life and uh, and it's important also to realize for the young people that that's going to help them for the whole life, not only for the career. And it's a, it's a magical experience and it's a, it's a, a luck to live it because uh, you learn way more than you can learn in one life, I reckon, in one weekend, if I can say almost. Because I think to me, as I say, the emotion is really important and that's how you learn from the outside 
to the spiritual thing and uh, that's the the link in between and um, and that 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 sport we do just give you a lot of emotion around your career like uh, injury and so you learn you learn a lot from the from the outside and you grow up from the inside a lot and that's why that's why i love it as well <laughs> yeah it's almost like um, addiction being able to come yeah. back from sort of the highs and lows it's there's so many highs and lows even in like one weekend of racing let alone a year let yeah, alone you know a, that, yeah. a career <laughs> you know that yeah we all do i mean yeah definitely. looking back i mean my fondest memories if someone asked yeah there's some results and very proud of it and results i never thought i could achieve um you set out these goals personally I share some similar feelings to you coming from a smaller nation like South yeah. Africa and maybe only having one guy before me and downhill to set the way. But my fondest memories are the people meeting you, mm. connecting with you. Uh, we have like this bond, um, not to compare to war, but I do think it's like going to war. You go through similar things that are tough, yeah, very tough yeah, when yeah. you see your fellow yeah. competitors get yeah, hurt. So some, it's, some, it's not, some, it's not fun, but you kind of know the feeling. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. Well, speaking of that, one, one of your races was war <laughs> when you got hit by the pole out of nowhere. You did nothing oh, wrong. Yeah. Except like what that's, you were an inch off line, the famous, <laughs> the famous pole. Oh. What you were an inch off line when you hit the pole? Sorry, if that. Oh, when you hit that pole. Yeah, I was offline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but not by much. No, I hit the pole, so I was just near the line. <laughs> not yeah. much. No, so I, I roll in hundred in my career. <laughs> Oh yeah, so there we go. So you hit a hundred poles, but there's always yeah. the one. So <laughs> yeah, if people exactly. don't know what we're talking about, Flo Payet famously or infamously was <laughs> offline by an inch or two in Leo Gang. I forget the year. No, and no, no. Uh, Brendan that was, was following last you. Year. That was last year. Is it last year? Yeah, yeah. Brendan was following me. And we've all ridden First through rate. a million poles, flown off track, had huge crashes, no injuries. You didn't even fall off your bike, and no. you uh, you had to go see the doctor for your uh, private parts. Exactly, yeah. Surgery and stopped racing for one and a half months, and it was the first race of the season. So oh. tough, tough season. Very oh. tough. We can laugh about it now. At least I can. I mean, yeah. shucks. I'm sorry that I'm laughing about it. Such a personal, I'm laughing and probably now as painful well. experience. Yeah, yeah. But it also show that Did, you can get ready like really hard all the winter for the season and everything can happen. And you can be like injured. And it's it's frustrated, I mean, because this year I was like feeling really great, no problem with my vision, not about hundred finals, nothing about finish my career, just like won a race and just happened. So it's just really hard like to accept. <laughs> Did you did you look up on course or did you just ride down? Oh yeah, I looked on course like straight away. It was so painful that I have to look. It's like oh, it's, it's destroyed, and it was nothing. It was like yeah, oh sick. my but god, it was so painful after. So it was like actually broken from the inside, 
so they have to cut it and oh. yeah, surgery. Yeah, it's, it's mad experience. Still an experience. Eh? Exper- <laughs> at least, at least <laughs> this say- is o- audio for the listeners. Maybe I'll find the clip, but at least we don't have the actual visual. I'll probably have the clip somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we'll dig, we'll dig up the clip. But that's not your uh, not your best moment of your um, no, eighteen not. odd seasons on the World Cup circuit. Yeah. No, definitely not. <laughs> but Flo, with an incredible career like you had, you definitely went through a lot of adversity and and f- when we chatted if it's okay with you you didn't always earn a salary for having some of these results and and some damn good seasons like it was maybe not that easy coming out of reunion and just the way the the industry is not not because anyone didn't want to support you enough but the industry went through some pretty hard times probably during some of your best years yeah, pretty much. I think when I arrived in junior, it was already going pretty pretty down. Um, there's a lot of money before in the mountain bike team. But in my generation, if you see all the juniors with me, uh, they're building teams and they're now team managers. And they, they, all, they was also part of the, of the growing back of the sport as well. And uh, but they have to stop racing, so it was a choice as well. And uh, I don't want to stop racing. <laughs> I just love racing, and I just like want to keep going. So I was working in the off season as a coach, and uh, yeah, selling bikes and keep racing as much as I can, and find some teams who pay just uh, travel fees and stuff. And uh, yeah, it works like that till. 2017 even in 2016 when i signed with patrice in the Google racing team like the amateur mondraker team um i paid my trip for australia it was it was not was not able to pay for me so and i had my best season so i, I was like a proper private if i can say and uh, yeah and then worlds helps batteries to get more budget and keep working together i got i accept a small salary with patrice instead of going in another team with a bigger salary and i will i want to be sure that i'm gonna still work with him and do like a, a career plan an end of career plan and building a bigger team and then and then he signed with scott and now we're there and we keep going what a story i mean that's like yeah, a, story a story of perseverance it's it's a really magical story, and Patrice is the current Scott Factory DH uh, team owner and manager, and he's easily one of the most selfless um, owners and managers I've ever met. Yeah, and I think it's his it's story great. is also a story of perseverance and being yeah, loyal, as as loyal fashion. as you can be in the industry. It's it's a very tough thing, but what a cool story! And yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a bummer. But I mean, that's, if someone looks story. at your career and says you only started getting paid in 2017, I mean, that's absurd. But the industry can is a tough place to be, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think I'm not the person who was speaking good English before. I was uh, I was a bit shy, if I can say. And uh, I was not... Uh, 
I was not really ready as well to be straight in the front of the scene, maybe. When I come to junior, I was like coming to the French champ with the number 152 <laughs> and uh, won the quali, elite quali. And like, oh, that was like, so that was like coming alone, but I was still shy. I was just riding fast, doing results, but uh, I was more into, I want to stay there as long as I can. That was my goals from the beginning because this is cool. I travel for free. Um, I I meet a lot of people. I learn a lot into what I like, bike, um, suspension, uh, whatever, uh, geometry, cinematic, whatever. So I just, and I keep meeting people every year and I just don't want to stop that. So that, so that was my, my feeling goal that I really want to and that just bring me to different things as well, like result, um, injury, medals, uh, high lows, and yeah. So, but it's a cool story because it showed me that uh, the choice I did was not about money, was not all about money, um, and I really do what I like to do in life, and that's the most important thing. And I'm gonna be able to keep doing it even if I wasn't the best rider of the world and if I wasn't the richest rider of the world, but the richest I have with the life I live, it's just so important for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And and you're staying with Patrice and how cool is that to do, almost do it together, you know, with your result, yeah. his support, and then signing the, the, the big deal with Scott and taking over the factory setup and then being yeah, teammates. With Marine and she's got an overall, and uh, you know Brendan pops in when he can, and Dean Lucas and Dylan Levesque is having some great seasons. Like you guys have built a really cool, cool team. It might have taken a long time, but sometimes, uh, what do they say? The best (laughs) stories take the longest to write. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, of course, it takes a long time because uh, Patrice coming from pretty much nothing, and I'm coming from. From far with uh, with my result, with my career, and with my contact, and that helps to to do more result with my approach of the performance for the team. Uh, maybe a bit more uh, into the yeah the the proper performance and Patrice around with uh, all the sponsor and stuff. Uh, it works good. It's a good energy. We are both uh, really passionate of uh, mountain biking and especially downhill and. Uh, yeah, and it's a cool story, just to be continued, hopefully. Yeah, are you allowed to talk about anything, or just that you will be at the yeah, races yeah. post-career? No, I, I'm allowed to talk about anything. It's not really precise for the next few years. Um, it's going to be um, a, a big, uh, a big transaction year next year, like transition, if I can say because of uh, all the Red Bull thing around the World Cup and stuff. So there's a lot of to do and uh, we set up slowly and we, we have a lot of work this winter for next season. Yeah, man, that's that's amazing to hear. You'll be a huge asset um, to any team and, and, and definitely the Scott team and Patrice. Now, you mentioned a little bit and, and uh, you often apologize, oh, my English isn't that good. And I said, Flo... I mean, I only have English. If you want to speak Afrikaans, none of us are going to understand it. That's my other <laughs> second language. Yeah. But you have an incredible 
uh, way of describing things. And I think your English is great. And I Thank think you. it takes a lot of courage to say, come on this and, and to be in a sport, which unfortunately is English dominant. Um, yeah, you, in you know, world, that's the language <laughs> we're all speaking. That's what, yeah, that's the media is, is unfairly so, but it is in English being the yeah. world language, you know, and I'm, yeah, for sure. I'm just lucky. So it's like yeah. natural for me to give an interview or learn to do that. But for you, that you spoke about, that must have been quite a big challenge not being your first language to maybe be yourself out there in the media and people couldn't understand you in the beginning. And when I say understand, I mean like who Flo really was. And that's where I want this podcast to be. It's like I don't yeah. mind if it's your second or third language. Let's have a chat because – I'm I'm getting to know Benoit Coulange a lot a little bit better. Not a lot mm. better, but yeah. when we have a chat and we take our time to talk, he is also he's a yeah. funny guy as well, but you don't yeah, get yeah. it out because it's his second language. So what was it like yeah. being it a bit of a challenge? It was a, a big challenge because when I was in, in reunion and I was like at school and I was learning English and I was not dreaming about what I'm going to do, like racing. I was, don't see the point to learn English. <laughs> and I, when I came in Europe and raced my first races and I just can't talk with anybody, I was like, oh, now I know why I should learn before. And, uh, and yeah, so after that, you just listen a lot for a few years, uh, learn a lot of vocabulary of uh, bike and track and everything. And uh, and I signed up with a team with uh, Josh Button, which is Australian, and uh, they was pretty much speaking English in suspension center in 2011. And then I just like, okay, let's learn. I need to learn right now. So I learned with the, with Australian, so it helps to to learn like quickly because they use pretty much simple words, and it's just go just go quick. Yeah. <laughs> But it yeah, was but a big they, challenge. They barely yeah. speak English. They barely speak <laughs> English. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. But I need to traduce from French, so I need to know like a lot of words. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was fun. It was a good time anyway. It's, it just it just come come take a long time to learn because I start work up in two thousand five and I was speaking English in twelve. So, it's, but uh, then also it's good. Then you can talk with more people and then. It's important. Shit, would you say it took that long to be like comfortable with yourself to, oh, yeah. to speak more to maybe people you didn't know in the beginning? Oh yeah, definitely. I was I was really bad in English at school. I was like, that's uh, the thing I was hating pretty much. I was like, why? <laughs> you don't need English in the island. You know what I mean? So I was just my mindset was not into it. That's it. It's not hard. I was just just like. And then when I start to want to learn it, it's going quick, but I was so bad. I think I was speaking English before, like I was not confident enough to talk. I was just listening and pretty much understanding. Yeah. And, and looking back at this career, obviously it started helping with English. Um, have you got a, maybe a toughest race or a race you wish you'd, gone better at or done something different you know there's always those races i'm pretty sure you don't have regrets in life seem like that type of guy that it, everything happens for a reason and you built 
you are who you are now because of the bad races. But maybe now with reflection, you can say, yeah, I really messed that one up or that was a good chance or maybe I did the wrong thing. Uh, It's hard. I I am the guy who has never regrets for sure. But uh, to be honest, the the hardest race of my life has to be the 100 final in snowshoe. Uh, because the quality was, I was so much pressure for myself and the track was so hard to ride and it was so fucked and I ride so bad and I have a flat and everything was wrong. But I just get qualified because it was a hundred, I reckon. <laughs> it's just life, life say, okay, you're going to get qualified here. <laughs> but yeah, it was tough. I survived all the way down. I cannot ride as training. I was riding really bad. And I was drifting and I almost crashed 10 times. And it was just the worst spread of my life. That must be one of the worst tracks to have to qualify for your 100th. Because it was so oh, unpredictable. <laughs> it wasn't even... Yes, it was but, hard. But you could have a good run and just slide out on one of those rocks. Yeah. But I did not have a good run. I promise. From top to bottom, it was shit. First, no, wheel, even sh- not in the room. I- but sh- I mean... Yeah, it's it's a hard track for a quali, uh, but also there's not many riders at the start, so it helps to to get qualified because many riders do shit as well. They crash or they flat, so so I guess I guess it was an easy one. Otherwise, I would not get qualified with a run like that in Europe. I reckon. But what was the the start gate mental talk to yourself that must have been quite interesting for dropping into your quali like what did that look like or sound like in your head it was just about like i know that i was riding really good but i also know that i was tired and i was not able to do like a full run correctly so in my mind it was like just stay on your bike but the thing is, when you sing that, you ride a bit slower and you eat the thing slower. And when it's wet, you just slide. <laughs> and uh, I just was just like, yeah, sketchy everywhere. <laughs> but stay on my bike. That was a goal anyway. Yeah, but when you say stay on your bike or don't crash, then you, you ride a bit tenser, don't you? And you need like fluid yeah. movements especially, and muscles in the wet. So it's like the opposite of what you need. Exactly, and especially in snowshoe, uh, when you push on your wheels, you just slide straight. You need to be really relaxed and have a little bit of speed. But uh, yeah, but that's the, the quality thing, you know, that even if you have experience or even if you are a good rider, nobody finds this secret yet to to not be tense at the beginning of a quality run. It's It's hard if you're not protected because... You have so many different things can happen in a in a downy run that you just think too much about it and you ride tense against to just ride your bike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there was a secret pull to to mm. not feel pressure or not feel well, I mean, Greg Menard seems to sometimes have that pull, <laughs> but yeah. maybe it's his but experience. It's, it's, but it's even he's felt that when he's not protected, though. He's protected since ever. Yeah, since he was a... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think the one time he wasn't protected, he did miss out in Maribor, technically. 
Yeah. So not the, even uh, the great Greg Menard is immune. Yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. You're right. No, there's no no secret for the quality. It's just it's just a, a hard run, even if you're good because uh, mechanical and uh, a little crash or that's part of the sport as well, and it can happen anyway. So. Yeah, especially with the 60 I guys think what in the would final. be cool, yeah, especially now that there's 60, I think what would be cool is whether it's 60 or there's rumors that might come true, which I don't even want to get into because they're just all bullshit rumors at this stage, <laughs> is imagine, say there was still 60 or 50 or 70, and then they had enough time for like another 10 spots or five, and then the guys that didn't qualify or got a flat could do another run, like a last chance qualifier, like in Supercross, and then they got another chance, and then we put like another 5, 10, 15, whatever the number is, into the final. Yeah. Because then you can say, cool, you had two chances. Because if you're super fast on a track and you get a flat and you're not protected, you maybe don't that get sucks. a chance on a track that you yeah. could do super well at. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, true. But the flat is also part of the game. And what about the guy we did? Sorry, we did the quali and he has like a a crash or like a, it's it's hard. You should give like a, a second run to all the other guys and top top fifteen go to the final. To all the all the well, other that's races. what I mean. Like, like a, oh yeah, all like the second, other riders. Yeah. But it, oh, if yeah. you yeah, oh, like yeah, if, if you you're gonna, flat, you can just you're going win, the, to let... win the second qualify and get qualify. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, because I know the sport is what it is and that makes it amazing. But now that you dish out 20 protected spots, you're giving those guys an advantage to yeah. race hard, get more confidence, get points. Like It's actually a little bit interesting and I understand you have to do it for TV and there's no perfect way to do this. But I think about it quite a lot and maybe to even it out is... So yeah, to give all the guys that didn't qualify like another run, you know, it's tough for timing and it's not yeah, a perfect yeah. science, but I think it could be no, quite but, cool. Um, you, know? you know that everything's going to change and the schedule as well is going to change and uh, the idea is welcome anyway. And uh, and that could be cool because you protected the front and you put them in the show, but uh, you give another chance to the last to get qualified, like 10 riders maybe, I don't know. And uh, that could be yeah, exactly. That could be, it could, that could it, be a great thing. Yeah, it could definitely pretty pretty damn cool. I quite. I will mean, write yeah. it write it down and give the ideas to the ideas. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> you can give me some. You can give me some credit. No, I don't need credit. Yeah. I just want the sport, the sport to flourish, and us guys that have been there for 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 long maybe can see some of the challenges and and yeah. and try and make it better that's for sure and then the final so now you somehow make it in riding as tight as ever on the most sketchy track yeah, in the wet exactly, i've yeah. seen in a long time and um, it was also the relief, really physical excitement yeah it looked super physical man it is Terrible. it was a physical track yeah <laughs> Okay, and the final, like, was that just relief and now you can have fun and almost yeah, a celebration I happened was... after the quali and not the race? Um, I drink a beer after the quali just for, for, just for celebrate, but not much. Just for the record review, we say. 
and uh, but uh, no I was I was like wanna in my mindset it's always like I need to finish the final to validate so I need to to race it properly and I'm a racer and I don't gonna be crazy because I have a final tomorrow you know so so yeah I, I raced pretty good on the Sunday I was happy with my run I did my best it was a tough race anyway and I had a one really big mistake will take me a lot of time so I was quite quite happy and I crossed the line and that was done that was cool <laughs> and what um what was the party like and the celebrations after that then I mean it must have been a lot of relief um because you set the goal pretty vocally you know and yeah and there weren't a million races to get it done you know no no I have like five races and I have to qualify three times so it can happen quick you know but uh yeah the after party was was good but uh, we was really tired from the travel, the jet lag, and the, a really, really tough race. As I say, one of the toughest races of my life. And uh, and I was in one piece, no injury. And we have another race next week. And my goal is as well to qualify every final. Because uh, above the 100 finals, the thing is I just want to leave finals. I want to... I want to be in the big show and I want to race the final, see the crowd, hit my line as fast as I can, probably the fastest of the weekend. That's what I like as well. So I just want to focus as well in Monsantan. And I know that Monsantan, the party is going to be huge. So we party like, we party pretty good in, in snowshoe, but we sleep pretty early. We start early, we sleep early, we recover early, and we set up for the next race. But it was cool. Good time with the <laughs> fans and stuff. Uh, yeah the fans there in america seem cool hey amazing <laughs> crazy have you still got that jacket that you that was yeah, in the yeah. picture yeah i buy it actually we buy it with a oh. guy who did like a collection but he was too old and he wanted to sell all the collection so yeah a few riders buy some jacket with the guy <laughs> oh wicked yeah i think it's cool when you guys get into the sort of culture of each venue um that's oh that's yeah pretty damn cool oh yeah that was a good time that was a good great great um great meeting <laughs> yeah you know what one thing i found um doing you know digging into your career even though i was at most of these races but if i've got my facts correct and and correct me if i'm wrong uh, back in 07, and maybe this is early on before your name was as big as it was, 2007, it sounded like you qualified in second behind Sam. What was that yeah. like? I mean, that was the height of Sam Hill's just <laughs> legendary run in the sport. And and you're qualifying in second, so you got to drop in second last. I mean, it's quiet yeah. at the top of the hill, and you got Sam Hill behind you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's also a feeling I will remember forever. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, I got this year, I was riding with a Fusion. I don't know if anybody knows this brand. <laughs> you probably know Fusion, eh? <laughs> probably not. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I, I have heard of it. Yeah, okay. So I was racing for them, and uh, I did my first top 20 in Monsantan. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I was just getting confidence and confidence and at the end of the year I was in the world champ for uh, 
for William. Because Maribor was the last race of the season and the race before it was for William and it was like uh, at the World Champ. And I broke my cassette ring at the start. That's that happened once in life, I reckon. So I just broke my cassette wheel at the start and I just think I broke my chain and I was looking and my chain was still there. So I don't understand how I can't, why I can't pedal. And until the first like step and the first bridge, I, I thought I was like not able to pedal. And after that, I switched the speed down and it's going into the other ring. And I was able to pedal for the whole way down. But, uh, and I get seven at world. So I was like, wow. And that was my Whoa, first, really? Yeah. So that was like a kind of a declic. I was like, wow. And I was not far from the top five. I was like two seconds. Oh, I don't remember. But I was like, wow, I'm riding fast. And then the week after in Maribor, I was like, this is not luck. This is going to happen. I'm going to ride fast this week as well. Why not? <laughs> I was riding fast last week and now it's in roots and dirt. And this is better. I'm better in that. So I'm going to ride fast. And I get second in quali and six in finals because I fucked up the final. <laughs> Probably the pressure, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had like two huge mistakes, huge moment in the final. And I get second by 0.8 from the third place or something like that. So it was just crazy tight race. But I was happy. I was uh, was good to go like looking to Sam and like, hey, good luck. And I was like, okay, you don't know me. <laughs> let's go <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say did he know <laughs> did he know who you were <laughs> no he probably don't know who i am it's just he was winning the world champion for william and i was seven so he probably don't know my name and then i was just one of him and it's just like hey sam i was like do you want to sign something for me before the start please almost you know <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> i was like hey he good was... luck sam I was like no oh, i know yeah. but <laughs> it was focused as well you know <laughs> yeah but he i bet you he did know who you are and does um he's just a man of few words and especially at the top of the hill he's probably yeah no i can normally understand. saying it's good just... luck like normally if it probably did I was not even say maybe if greg Minar's ahead of him he's not saying hi to greg yeah i don't know but is a thing as well i cannot uh, i don't want to judge because uh, a start for a guy like Sam and for a guy like Greg and for anybody, it's uh, it's their own secret, you know what I mean? And uh, they have a lot of pressure, a lot of uh, money, a lot of uh, sponsor, a lot of... And they're going to ride fast and they have to be... They have to be focused as they need. So I just... I just was like, oh, he's focused. I was like, should I focus as well? It's like 10 seconds here. Let's go. It's your run. Go. Come on. <laughs> Uh, I was young. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it that shows experience. you how different your every ride is different. I had to be sort of maybe it's not less focused, but I had to be having more fun and a little bit more loud and out. And and Sam is introverted, so he had to probably be in his bubble. But that's a pretty yeah. cool experience, I would think, in your career to be at the top of the hill uh, qualifying that late is like something really. It's quite hard to describe how quiet it is up there. And oh, yeah. There's only the, two guys. If you're in the there. top five, there's like no one around. So definitely. Yeah, of course. You are alone and uh, 
Yeah. No, but it was a was a great experience, and I was also happy with the sixth place because it was just confirm what I did the, in the week before in for William, and my my goal was to do the best, and I was riding my best at this time, and that was that was great great feeling anyway on track. So Flo, you've had some incredible results, incredible career, and witnessed you know being at all these races. Is there a a rider that impressed you the most throughout your career? You were like, shit. That's. That, uh, I mean, there's obviously been a few through your career that dominated, but maybe for other reasons. I think I was I was always a big fan of Greg because uh, when I was in the island and I was not traveling and I was dreaming, I was seeing Greg in the TV and this guy is from South Africa. He's not far from my place. I can go there. You know, it's just like kind of a link in between in between the world and the, so he's a, he's a, he's a, a monument of the sport as well. He's a goat. And by the way, it was fun because in snowshoe, it was his 150 finals at the same time. So me as a hundred. So he has like 50 moles and I see those finals on TV pretty much. So it's fun. And, uh, yeah, it just makes me maybe thinking that everything is possible, you know? I was looking for his career and for where he's from. And I was like, yeah, why not? He's from South Africa. I ever traveled there when I was young and it's like a kind of country is looking like the island, you know, even if it's bigger, but you, you're living in the, in, in the nature pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. And it's also far and it's also the same 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 place of uh, the hearse so it just make me believe in my dream and i was of course i was fan of vuyo's uh, barrel because i was watching tv and magazine but uh, with greg is it was he has is is a charismatic guy if i can say and his uh, energy is different and uh, yeah i was really since since my first world cup in 2003 and i see him in real i was like wow He's a man. <laughs> He's an example, yeah. Yeah, that's it's probably it's quite special to share your milestone with him, but I'm almost like this guy, he just always has to one up someone because he's so competitive and he's yeah. so good. He's the goat, right? So the day you have a hundred, he's like, Oh, that's really good. Oh, it's my one fiftieth. Yeah. You're like, geez, dude, no. can I just have something? <laughs> No, he did not say that. He's, he's, a, he's a cool guy. <laughs> no, I know no, he doesn't say no, it. I'm no. just laughing at the yeah, irony yeah. of the world. No, he can say, oh, he's, you have a good fan now. I have 85 podium anyway, whatever. But like, yeah, this is insane. But yeah, yeah he's a, 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 he's at a, the time, 84. 80, 84. 84 podiums. <laughs> it's, this, is, this is insane. This is insane. So that's why he's a legend uh, yeah, you, more than anybody. And uh, it was living close to my place and you give me hope and uh, yeah he's an example and now he's kind of a friend so it's just amazing and I was watching the races of him in, in the island when I was a kid it's just yeah it's crazy <laughs> isn't that cool hey I mean I had yeah. that moment um, after I mean I'd been friends with all these riders and you have mutual respect and then like you start 
qualifying near them and then maybe they hide a, f- a little bit more information from you. But then when I retired and you see PD, and then sure. before we go and look at lines on the track, he says, should we go have, have a schnitzel and a beer at Leo Gang? <laughs> and I look around yeah. and it's only me and him are they going to have the schnitzel and a beer, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah and it's, I think it's, it's those sort of memories of someone That's you family. look up to, yeah, you're like, shit. It's a family. You all went and did this sport together and through the highs and the lows and the results. And I mean, his CV compared to mine, it's just, you know, mine is scribbled yeah. on a napkin and his is like papers long. But that doesn't mm. really matter. You know, we're all human. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think and that's one of my fondest memories. We are also lucky in our sport because looking looking to other sports, especially sport in the in tracks where all where they are all in the same place and fighting together on the same track like uh, uh, like motocross or uh, uh, speed uh, motorbike and stuff like that motor gps so they just always like a tense atmosphere and in downhill it's just like oh good luck and you go for your run and nothing can happen with the other guys so we are all we are all at the we are all enemies because we we want to win, want to win. But uh, also after race, we have nothing to reproach to each other, and uh, that helps to have like a cool spirit. And that's what also what I like in downhill. Yeah, it's such a cool part of it. We're so lucky because if you want to be angry at a guy, I mean, unless he let your tires down, like you you have no reason to be angry. He just beat you because he was faster on the day, Shit. like fair and square. Yeah. Exactly, fair and square, as you say. Yeah, that's a good thing to be like a fair play, fair play sport, and uh, a, a good atmosphere. Yeah. That's why we are. I don't want to say that the other sport is worse or what, but it's just different. But our sport is more like that's why we are more all together, family, and really close friends, probably. And we also going into the same way, defend the sports, and talking about how the sport should grow up and stuff yeah i mean it is it is becoming an older sport but compared to some other sports it's so new and i was watching some documentaries on on football um and and just seeing so that's like a team sport and we have our teams that help you race but what's also cool is the media seems to want to build up the sport and it's not so big that there's so many media that like clickbait stuff works. Like yeah. luckily they don't really dig into your private life to get a headline, to get clicks. Yeah. But they also I've just noticed it's a, it's like a big, that's it's also a lim- better. They're limit. not always looking for the negative. Yeah, but it's limit. Is a, they're not going to the private life, but a little bit, but not too much. It's yeah, it's weird. So uh yeah, I will not exchange my career for more money on a different sport. <laughs> Yeah, no, you've you've really been uh, a good lesson to chase what makes you feel good, what your gut says should be your goal, and um, no, you've really done that. What um, if you could change something, or would want to change something in the sport? Is there something that comes to mind looking back and then now looking forward? It's a tough question because I think uh, to be to to. To make our sport better, we have many things we can think about and uh, maybe change. I don't want to say change, but uh, think about. And 
it's a lot of uh, different subject about uh, safety about uh, many things but uh, to think back to my career i think we need to do like a big improvement of safety anyway because 20 years of racing and nothing changed pretty much and sometimes there's even some mattress missing so that should not be that should not happen and uh, yeah try for sure to work in the all the way to to grow up the sport but safety is really important because uh, the riders make the sport famous and they need to be riding in safe condition because we're riding gnarly stuff we are agree with that but it has to be taken serious about uh, the after crash if i can say because i have many experience that after crash is a trouble <laughs> and that should not be a trouble like doing some exams you need to pay like amazing amount because uh, they're going to give you back money but if you don't have money you don't have this well, it's complicated you know it's all 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 a big mess so I, I reckon we should have like a proper medical crew and uh, yeah and safety is one one of the points I would change earlier if I can say yeah, I mean, that shows how selfless you are. I would totally agree with that. And that's just looking out for for other riders before like you have an idea of like, okay, well, this will increase the broadcast numbers or this will increase the pay. You're going straight to a critical aspect of, of the sport where you might not be racing at all. I mean, you're not racing World Cups, but you might maybe do a crank. Because we don't, you don't yeah. really know at this stage, right? So that's... Mm. I think that's a very good point and, and I think it's getting looked at and, and we're in a big transition growth period and, and the more we give positive feedback, hopefully there can be um, yeah. improvements on that side. And yeah, I mean, some riders maybe don't even know if their health insurance is like covered in that country and there should, have, yeah, there should yeah. be of a system course. that maybe there's like a global health insurance that we, everyone contributes to and you're allowed to use uh, when there's big big issues would be a pretty cool thing yeah yeah for sure yeah no it's a big point but uh, i think uh, all the team managers are also not all close friends but they, they have a good communication and all the riders as well so all this information going to go up to the new broadcaster and uh, it's probably going to sort it out maybe not next year but in the few years uh Hopefully, it's going to be better and better, and the sport's going to change anyway. And we try to make it change in the in the right way. Yeah, and Flo, what uh, is there a way that you would like to be remembered from your career? And maybe that means like advice to the to the younger rider as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think listen, this podcast is also all we talked about before, and just. Uh, need to work hard if you want to achieve your goal for sure but you need also to to trust yourself by from the inside and to feel your goal and to set your mind to go there and uh, also to be ready to have some lows and to be passionate as well and keep doing what you want in life in general if it's mountain bike just keep going mountain bike <laughs> dude that's that's so awesome, Flo. That might be a really good way to start winding down. How good is your off-season going to feel? 
um, oh, it's you don't have be... to train and and prepare. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be chill. Uh, I think I'm gonna ride my bike a lot, but not at all with a training plan for sure. And uh, I have a new house building now when I'm coming back, so I have a lot of work uh, for myself and my future uh, place, and uh, a lot of work as well to go for next season with the team. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, and uh, I'm excited for the off season and the next season as well. Well, that's wicked. We won't uh, share too much of your info on the team, but we know you're going to be at the races. We know you're going to be helping um, at uh, Scott DH, so that's pretty damn cool. I really want to ask everyone to that do listen to this to reach out to Flo because. I think, as you heard in this podcast, he's been an inspiration to a lot of youngsters and will continue to do so. So uh, congratulate him on Thank you. 100 World Cup starts. I mean, he had that cool special board. Um, and just what you brought to the to the sport, Flo, I want to, from the deepest portion of my heart, just thank you because uh, it was always positive to be around you. Um, be thank you. Thank racing you. with you or or at the team, uh, I think uh, not everyone can be Greg Menard and win or Sam Hill or Gwyn. Oh, sure. But you need other people to create a culture for, for mountain biking. So thank you so much. Definitely send him a direct message. Thanks for this message, Andrew. It's a pleasure to talk with you and to share all this thing. And uh, we see you soon anyway. Shout out to Scott Sports, a longtime partner of mine and supporter of the podcast for making this episode possible. Obviously, as a sponsored athlete, I only have good things to say about the product. But if there's one product I'm really digging right now, it is the Grenade Evo Zip Knee Pad. Now, Scott has always had a good reputation for knee pads. Even when I was back racing, there were guys secretly using these pads, even though they were sponsored by other brands. But these have been special to me. Tons of protection, easy on and off, ideal for those big days on the bike. Yeah, guys, this was Moving the Needle podcast. So thanks again to Flo Payette. Uh, I'll have him back when he moves into a different role, when he can give us more of those party stories because trust me, as hard as he can ride a bike, he can uh, have a good time. Um, leave us a review, subscribe, maybe share it with a friend if you think they can get a message from flow because i think there was a lot of nuggets in there so yeah you guys know what to do till the next time stay well